feel that sometimes your life or those of a loved one are complicated and out of control? You're not alone. Welcome to In the Ring with Mia, featuring five-time world and international boxing champion Mia St. John. Mia and her guests will share stories and invite open discussions about topics that need to be discussed. You'll be empowered to find help or be help. Now, here's your host, Mia St. John. Welcome. You're in the ring with Mia, and I am your host, Mia St. John. Well, I hope everyone's doing okay in this very chaotic time. And I say chaotic because I feel like we've all been thrown off our stasis, you know, everything that we're used to. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like it might not necessarily be a bad thing. It's just uncomfortable because at first, you know, most people don't like change. And especially those of us that suffer from any type of mental health issue, we really do not like change. We like everything to stay the same and any little thing like can just, I don't know, for me, any little thing can just throw me off. And this is really, really, really throwing me off because um, I have like my schedule, like my routine that I do every day. And, and for me, that kind of has to stay the same every day. Um, so it's been really tough for me. Um, and I think the hardest thing is that we have no in-person AA meetings, which is really difficult because alcoholics, like we tend to be reclusive. So if there's any excuse not to go to our meeting and be out there and be with our sober friends, then that is the easiest time to pick up and use. Um, so, and I usually share in all my AA meetings. I force myself to. Um, so that's something I'm really missing too. And on the zoom meetings, cause everyone's telling me like, Oh, you can still do zoom, but it's not the same. Um, because like I said, we're used to being reclusive. So if we're going to just sit in our home, like, well, then, you know, the best thing to do, the easiest thing <laughs> is grab a drink. So it's just a great excuse. Um, and so many people, we have like we have that difficult time of making a connection and and we really need to connect in person and i don't know how to explain that i know that if you're one that suffers from alcoholism drug addiction like you understand exactly what i'm talking about so that's been very difficult is just connecting like person to person um Another reason the Zoom meetings, FYI, have been really difficult is because I live on the water and there's, it's difficult to get a connection, an internet connection sometimes. So, and then there's like a thousand people on these meetings and <laughs> it's like so difficult to ever get to share. But if you can do it and you can get on, then I do encourage it. Um, but the thing that's really ticking me off is what do we do for our homeless people? Because a lot of them, um, some of the ones that I work with do not have internet access. And one of my students actually told me that she was suicidal and that just scared the crap out of me. And this is the beef that I have with our mayor, Eric Garcetti, because he said, quote unquote, it, he's allowing us to have this treat, quote unquote, treat of alcohol delivery, which I don't consider that essential. I don't understand why alcohol delivery is, is essential for us, but not our AA meetings. That doesn't even make sense because there are far more deaths every year. In fact, about 3 million annually, globally, alcohol-related deaths every year, far more than the coronavirus. But no one cares about that, about the alcohol and tobacco companies because they are a multi-billion dollar industry. And the coronavirus doesn't make us money. So, um, yeah, call me a little bit jaded, frustrated. But, you know, it just really hurts my heart because I work with the homeless and they have been the hardest hit individuals thus far from this pandemic. And yet they are the least served. And that's why my guest today, I wanted to bring him in. I really wanted to talk to him because this is just a topic that's killing me. Um, it's CEO, the CEO of Step Up on Second, 
his name is Todd Lipka. And you've heard me talk about Step Up many times, but for those of you who don't remember or don't know of it, um, this is a nonprofit, an amazing nonprofit that does such great work for individuals, families, communities affected by serious mental health issues and people who are also experiencing chronic homelessness. So with that, I would love to welcome Todd to the show. Todd, are you there? Good morning, Mia. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing as well as can be expected, sheltering in place. As you said, this is a new reality that really does take some getting used to and adjusting to. And it's one that's mixed with a lot of social isolation. And that is challenging. Especially for those of us that have like mental health issues and um, addiction problems. And I know, especially for the homeless too. Um, What can you tell us about that situation and what is going on with our homeless in LA during this pandemic? Well, as you know, there's been for a number of weeks now, great concern about the virus uh, getting into the homeless population. And because social distancing uh, is often something that doesn't happen in the homeless population because it's difficult for people to social distance, the the worry was that this is going to spread rather quickly. Um, So there was an effort uh, several weeks ago by both... um, the, the, the feds, but more the state and, and much more the, the county to identify um, units where people could go, homeless individuals could go who were either exposed or symptomatic. <clears throat> so there's been a pretty big effort by largely the county at this point to identify hotels and motels. And as you probably know, they're largely vacant at this point. I have mm-hmm. a hotel just next to me that has been vacant for weeks because no one is staying in, in uh, hotels and motels. So to try and get motel units um, for individuals uh, who are, because that way you, you, you can quarantine them so they're not passing it to, to other homeless people because the, the network on the street, as you know, is uh, very, uh, very aggressive and connected among homeless individuals. So if you can't social isolate and you want to stay connected as a homeless individual, it's going to easily pass in, in the population. And, of course, we know that those individuals have underlying health conditions in, in many cases and are, are going to be very, very vulnerable. So it's very worrisome. We've started to see some outbreak in, um, in homeless populations, um, smaller numbers, and then I think fairly aggressive efforts to quarantine anybody that's been... Uh, exposed by, we know, an individual who's tested positive. But so far, fingers crossed, it hasn't spread like uh, the the earlier fears were. But think of it in, the... in two ways. Yeah. No, go ahead. In, in some ways, homeless individuals are sheltered from the, the, the media, the overwhelming media message because they're not watching TV. Right, um, exactly. And, and so in some ways, they're, they're a little bit sheltered from this, this message that we're all getting hour after hour, day after day, you know, about that's just creating more and more, in many cases, well-founded anxiety. So they're, they're a little bit sheltered from that, thankfully. But on the other hand, it's even more... Uh, anxiety-inducing when you think about as a homeless individual, if you get exposed, you have really very little recourse here. If you get sick on the street, right. you know, being sick in a, in a house where you have a bed and a home is, is hard enough, but think about being sick on the street on where the you street. have no resources right. and no help. And you know what's really sad is I've noticed that, um, especially in Santa Monica, you know, they rely so much on our tourism and now walking mm-hmm. down there, it's like the, the streets are empty and they have little to no help. Um, you know, I just, I, I don't think people realize that, like how much in these big cities, the um, LA area, that they really rely on us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the good thing is that 
organizations like Step Up and others in Santa Monica, the People Concerned, St. Joseph's, those who are serving the homeless are still continuing their services. So there are, we're still uh, providing food for individuals at multiple locations, um, and so are other organizations. So those yeah. essential services, you know, we're, we're an essential healthcare service, so we're, we're still operating, although, you know, we, we change how we're operating to ensure the, the protection and safety of those we serve as well as, as our staff as much as possible. But there are right. still resources, and quite frankly, you know, the individuals on the street who are in greatest need, those who've been homeless for a long time, and those who are struggling with serious mental health issues, typically don't tend to be the panhandling population. Right. Um, so, which I don't think that, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that anyway. I think that um, so many of them are, are doing what they have to do. And a lot of them are honestly like just looking for a connection with someone. So not all mm-hmm, of them necessarily mm-hmm. just want your money. They just want to connect. And mm-hmm. uh, that's how I connect with them is by offering coffee or a dollar or whatever I can give just so I can make that connection. So for me, I use that as a, as a way to get a connection to them. Um, so I don't mind. And, that. It, um, and, but, it's, and it's, and it's the way we connect too, because we're providing at this point, you know, we have sit down meals at multiple locations, but now we have takeout meals at multiple locations. So food is, you're absolutely right. Food is an important way to connect with people. To connect. And it's it's yeah. oftentimes the first way. Right. Um, I mean, so when we get back, we connect we have a over caller. food too, right? I mean, I mean it's true. Over food. It's true. It's true. <laughs> we find some connection, um, even if it's just a cup of coffee. Um, when we get back yep. from our break, we have Sheila uh, from Santa Monica calling in. And then I want to talk to Todd about the resources because you gave me some great resources. Um, and also the, the resources for alcoholics and addicts when we come back from our break. Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills, because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to miastjohnblog at gmail.com. 
Now, let's get back in the ring. Welcome back. You're in the ring with Mia. I'm your host, Mia St. John, and I've been talking to the CEO of Step Up on Second, Todd Lipka. Um, Step Up on Second is a nonprofit that helps individuals, families, communities affected by serious mental health issues and people who are suffering from chronic homelessness. Todd, so I I have a question for you because you and your staff gave me the best resources. I have to tell you that. I was complaining the other day about how we can't just um, donate to the food banks because they won't take our food because it's you might be contaminated, et cetera, et cetera. So you guys had sent me to this website where I filled out an application. Very easy, you guys. If anybody wants to do this, you can message me and I'll show you how. Um, you have to take a test, which, Todd, I flunked the test four times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, but listen, it's questions like, okay, when you're delivering food, what's the temperature that it has to be delivered at? Okay, I'll give you one shot. Can you take a guess? Um, has to be I'm stored to at how many degrees? I don't know. <laughs> See? I'm not the only one. It has to be stored at 40 degrees. I wrote, I put 41. And, but oh. the good thing is, yeah, it has to be 40. Okay, but the good thing is they give you you can go, if you flunk it, you get to go back and study and retake it. And so anyway, I finally passed, but it's very simple, you guys. And I, and if you're bored, oh my God, I had so much fun yesterday. I spent my afternoon delivering from, you know, you pick up at the restaurant and then you deliver to the food banks. And me and my daughter had so much fun doing that. So I just want to encourage anyone, like if you have extra time on your hands or, you know, you want to, I mean, this is like really the, there's no money involved, but the biggest reward is just, just feeling like you're, I felt like I was doing something really important, (laughs) you know? Um, And so, I don't know. I just want to encourage everybody to do that. Um, But now what are, I know that um, I have a lot of students that uh, talk to me about, I had one that Um, is having like a really difficult time. What are we doing for the alcoholics and addicts who can't go to AA meetings and who don't have access to the internet? So for our organization, I mean, it is, it is very challenging. It's very challenging for all of us, those who are housed as well. And of course, those who are struggling on the streets. So just like the, uh, the food, we've had to find new mechanisms to ensure mm-hmm. people's safety, to ensure people get food who who need food. Um, on the service side, we've done the same things. I mean, we still have face-to-face interactions that we do with individuals on the street. Uh, if, they're, if they're on the pathway to housing, last week we housed three individuals into permanent supportive housing, mm-hmm. which... That's a, a term we use a lot in my world, which means they're moving into their own apartment and they have the staff support on an ongoing basis. So those are face-to-face interactions because we don't want this this uh, epidemic to be an obstacle to somebody who's just on the brink of getting housed because that's right. a, it's a whole long process. It takes months and we don't want that to be an obstacle. So, so we've been housing people, but we're doing a lot with... Um, Telephone care. Um, so actually, we give, we've been giving phones out to the people that we serve who don't have phones so that okay. we can stay in regular contact with those individuals. So what we call telecare is uh, an important part of the service that we're providing because we know people will be isolated and disconnected. Right. So we have to be thoughtful about our own staff. And we also have to be thoughtful that you know, in in an um, uh, unlikely scenario, but still a possibility, is our staff could have it and, and not be symptomatic and unwittingly give it to a homeless person. So yes. we want to be very, very careful to protect everybody, the people that we serve as right. well as our, our, our own team. But we're yeah. in, uh, you know, we found that many people have adapted to this telecare pretty well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I want to say you guys are um, are being very careful, and and I love it because just doing what I've been doing, the transferring of food, I've learned a lot, a lot that I actually didn't know before of how it can be transferred and how careful you have to be. And um, so I feel like just for myself, I've learned a lot um, and I'm really uh, grateful for that. Um, I'm glad we were talking about that because our next guest is actually um, has a lot of tips on cleanliness, but yeah, so that's something that, that, um, I realized was that this is so easily transferable and there's so many ways you can get it that you, you don't know, or that I didn't know before that I'm now learning. And see, I, I always thought like what they told me, no, we can't, you can't donate. Um, I just thought that was the most ridiculous thing. Like, of course I can. And, you know, just little things like transferring food and the temperature it has to be in and, the type of gloves you have to wear. And like, I didn't know it was that, you know, detailed and it really is. And so I, I just, for one, I'm grateful for services like you, that you give out these resources and and they're good resources. So thank you for that. Thank you. And, and, and your struggle is, is everyone's struggle of, not knowing and um, lack of information. And this is the same on the physical healthcare side as it is on the mental healthcare side. You know, what we really, it's so important to understand what are the evidence-based practices that we need to use and not do things that are completely counterproductive. So, you know, it took the, the, the government a long time to begin to help us understand, you know, this whole issue of, do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? I mean, they yes. were recommending don't wear a mask and now everyone should wear a mask. It's like, if we had that information at the beginning of the outbreak of this virus, that would have been so much more helpful in reducing the transmission because we, we should have known that it can be transmitted just through talking as, as we're learning right. now. Right. The same thing in mental health care, you know, there are evidence-based practices, and one of those is uh, what I call permanent supportive housing, you know, this idea that for homeless individuals, helping them just with different services on the street uh-huh. is not enough if you're not housing somebody because you never fundamentally solve their core problem, which is that they're homeless. And, you know, me, as you talk about it, struggling with addiction issues and other mental health issues, you know, it's hard enough. Uh, uh, it's even worse if you're homeless and struggling with those issues. It's almost impossible to recover. And housing right. becomes a foundation for that recovery. It shouldn't be the end result of right. someone's recovery on the street because right. it's almost impossible. Well, look, Todd, they, they tell everyone to isolate yourself, stay at home, stay at home. And I, and I tell my friends, like, you don't realize how hard it is for a homeless person. How do you tell a homeless person to stay at home? And they don't have the luxury of, of going home and their comfy couch and their TV and their fireplace and their food and their comfy bed, like showers and a toilet. Like they don't have that. So I cannot yeah. stress how important, especially in this time, that you're doing what you're doing because a lot of people just don't get it, how important that is and what a luxury it is to say, stay at home. Well, look at this morning with the rain. Imagine being in, in a tent or some other encampment on the street today right. it's um right. it's terrible i know in in los angeles there the numbers of people on the street is so overwhelming it it becomes easier to to not realize that every single individual has a story and every single individual is struggling and the fact of the matter is you know we step up works with people who've been on the street the longest we've housed people who were homeless for 15, 20, 30 years. We even housed a couple of people who have been homeless for 40 years. And the reality is individuals who get housed, the vast majority of them do very, very well because they want housing. And mm-hmm. it's easy with so many homeless people on the street to forget every individual 
just about every single person wants to be in housing. It's just that that has become so impossible as a goal. Yeah. People yeah. give up entirely. They do. Yeah. They, they lose hope. And uh, they, lose, they, 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 they lose that sense of, of hope, exactly. And, um, you know, that's, that's really unfortunate because that, can, that sense of loss of hope and disappointment oftentimes is why people then self-medicate because it's such a despairing situation. I mean, don't, don't, don't ever think uh, being homeless is a, a glamorous lifestyle because it's the complete opposite. It's a, it's a life of desperation and of loss of hope and it's, and yeah. it's terrible. So, but we find it's transformed with this evidence-based practice of housing first, which is you move people right from the street into housing and give them rich supportive services to help them make that, uh, adapt to that, to, to the change in housing. The vast majority of people, and I'm talking about more than 90% succeed, even those who have been on the street yeah. for the longest. Yeah, and I just, I, I want to thank you for coming on, Todd, and I just love your organization, and what I, I just can't say enough good things about it. I, what I've noticed um, from being a part of Step Up is no one has ever turned away, no one has ever discriminated against, um, you know, my son was a, a suffered from schizophrenia, but he was also an addict, and he was part of Daniel's place for a while, and was never once turned away because he had addiction. Um, and I know that there's a lot of facilities that do that. And I just want to commend you for never discriminating and always just being there whenever I needed you guys and supplying resources and helping in any way you can. And I just can't thank you enough. And, and let us know where we can get a, where If someone wants information, where can they go, Todd? They can go to our website at stepuponsecond.org. And there's thank lots of resources there about how to help. Yeah, thank you and so me, much, I just Todd. want to say thank you for your work as an advocate addressing stigma on mental health issues because your work is so important. And I know you've been braver in that, in that battle than you were in the ring, which is pretty amazing Aww. because it's, it's a very, very tough battle. And it's much more significant to me. Todd, thank you so much. And we'll be back Thanks, with Dr. Man. Lawrence Rifkin after the break. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills. Because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. 
You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. Welcome. You're in the ring with Mia and I'm your host, Mia St. John. And we are back with Dr. Lawrence Rifkin for an update on the coronavirus and staying healthy and sanitized. Dr. Rifkin, how are you today? I'm well, thank goodness. I hope everybody else is too, Mia. Uh, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be on your show again. It's such an important show, and I, I love the fact that you and, and Todd, your last guest, uh, were discussing such an important topic. You know, we're here in L.A., and uh, it is raining, and I, I, I just feel so empathetic for those that are homeless because as we have been driving around the city, when we do that, we have seen so many people on the streets, unsheltered. Right. If they're lucky, they have a tent, and even that's such minimal protection. Right. It's an important topic. And isn't Thank it? You bring it to- Thank you, Dr. Rifkin. Isn't it interesting, like, people, people don't realize, like, how lucky we are, like, when they say stay healthy, stay sanitized, stay in your house. And we, you ever think about like how the homeless, how they can't sequester themselves in a home. How do they sanitize every 20 minutes? And I mean, it's just, it's almost impossible. It it is. Well, I don't want to say anything's impossible, but it is extremely difficult. I'm a positive person as, as are you, but we've got to take action. We've got to have the local government, Los Angeles, California, the whole United States and the world take action because protecting them is not only the right thing to do, but it's also protecting each other. We've got to stop right. the spread of this insidious virus and other viruses that probably will come along in our lifetime. Yeah, I mean, so, think about it. Like we're supposed to be washing our hands every, I don't know, what is it, Dr. Riffin, every hour? Um, every time you touch something, no, not every hour, anytime you touch something, oh, new, okay. you've got to wash it okay. and, touch, and don't touch your face. So where are they supposed to they sanitize? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Listen, we have yeah. access to that <laughs> and I forget sometimes it's, it's such a, it's a new behavior pattern that's so foreign. We're really going to have to adapt to this and, and uh, hopefully the, the immediate need is to find treatments and cures for this virus because we probably cannot stop it. We can slow it down to the greatest degree until we get vaccines until the next virus comes along. So this is a whole new world today. And it's a new it world really for, for the homeless. It's a new world for medicine. It's a new world for dentistry. It's a, we're, we're through a transformation and, and evolution in our society and civilization. Well, through you, thankfully, I've learned so much, so many things that I didn't know. Um, and even, you know, I told you, I the um, homeless, uh, I've been distributing the food from restaurants to the food banks. And I told you, I, I had to, I had to take this test and I flunked it like four times, but these were like difficult (laughs) questions. Right. Um, right. But I learned so much. I'm so grateful that I had to do this and again, for any of you that are interested, just message me and I'll give you the website, show you how to do it. It's, it's quite easy. It's actually really fun. And you know what? It's like information that we need to know, things that I, I had no clue about. Um, what are some things you could tell us, Dr. Rifkin? And I know that you shared with me a lot of information, um, just anything you t- You had me sanitizing my purse, countertops, like things that I never thought of. Well, uh, let me, uh, gosh, this, there's, there's so much for me to tell you, so I'm going to bang out a lot of information if you and your audience don't mind because, you know, things that we can do, just normal hygiene, obviously you have to follow CDC guidelines, wipe everything down. If you're going to receive food, wipe down the packaging, you know, wear gloves, sanitizer, I had to do that yesterday. Uh, mask. Yeah. yeah, you've got to wear the mask. Everybody should be wearing masks. This is, you know, I know you discussed this already. Everybody should be wearing masks because it has been found out. And we've known this in dentistry because we deal with masks and, and patient saliva and aerosols from 
the, uh, the high-speed equipment drills and things that we use, we always have to protect against aerosols. And the aerosols are from sneezing, coughing, talking. So I just was reading because I'm doing a lot of research as all of us doctors are sitting home and we're, we're working harder almost than ever learning and growing and, and reinventing ourselves. But, but the aerosols not only travel the six feet distance, but if you cough and sneeze, I've seen uh, studies up to 23 feet where the aerosols can be carried in the air. So right now at this critical time of highly contagious viruses, you need to wear a mask if we need to venture outside. Uh, critical time right now, hopefully we'll be getting some medications that will help reduce the death and mortality. Uh, but uh, in dentistry, uh, we are enhancing all of our protocols. You know, at the last uh, radio show that you had, I talked and discussed about enhanced oral hygiene. I've been doing this in the office where I've always had my patients rinse with either chlorhexidine or hydrogen peroxide after they brush and floss, even before we sit them down and sit, and, and sit in the chair and we start to do the work. Um, but let me give you just some really quick updates, if, I don't mind, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Is that okay? Let All her right, rip. good. So, uh, yeah, let her rip. So, uh, in, you know, the offices are closed right now, except for emergency and, and urgent care up till April 30th, and even that's, uh, you know, debatable. It was supposed to be April 6th, so here we are. We're not open. We're going to go to the April 30th, going through a, the pandemic uh, transfer, and now doctors are really trying to figure out and gather together what we can do to, once we reopen, what are we going to do? What, how do we take care of our patients and our staff to, to reduce this uh, pandemic and keep everybody safe? So that's one change. We're, getting, we're only seeing patients on emergency basis. And my experience is it's been minimal, so that's, that's a good thing. So patients are, are uh, not coming in with severe decay, although it's only been a couple of weeks that we've been downtime, two or three weeks. So things will start to happen. More decay will get deeper. Patients are going to be in pain. Infections are going to start, and we're going to have to, to start attending to the patients. You know, it's so funny because luckily I get, as we've had the patients call in for rescheduling because they know the offices are closed, they are just, itching to get their teeth cleaned it's it's really kind yes, of pleasant because one of them yeah we, we all want to get our teeth cleaned right and i know you know that right yes i mean i'm like first in line i'll be waiting <laughs> so we're gonna do that and we can start hopefully hopefully rebooking appointments in the next month you know maybe in a couple of weeks god willing uh, everybody's going to be safe because their general health is more important but this is also important because you know, we've got to continue. Dental and medical care is essential. We've got to do oral cancer screening. We've got to reduce decay that leads to root canals and pain and infection. We've got to keep healthy. So, as I said, we've got, I've got oral uh, enhanced hygiene home care, which is now that protocol that you can look on my, on my Instagram. I've got a video demonstration. I've got the list of the steps from washing your hands before you even touch floss or toothbrush, how to sterilize your toothbrush how to floss in the right sequence, how to brush, how to brush your tongue, how to gargle because we've got to keep these viruses and bacteria out of our throat, oral pharyngeal areas, and that's where it gets into the lungs. And, of course, uh, we've got to do that before we go to sleep. So check out my Instagram, anybody, if you want to see the exact demonstration and make it easy for you to how to do that. And, and I know you have videos. Yeah, you have videos showing you exactly what mm-hmm. to do. What is your Instagram handle? Oh, the Instagram uh, handle is uh, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin DDS. So it's D-R-L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E-R-I-F-K-I-N-D-D-S. All lowercase. That's at at Dr. Lawrence Rifkin DDS. That's the Instagram, just Dr. Lawrence Rifkin DDS. You know, my my website is uh, drlawrencerifkin.com. Yeah, and you have some great videos on there showing you exactly what to do. A lot of things that I didn't even know myself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, I've had to rethink it. I've always done this in the proper sequence, I thought, but now I'm even more so using my mouthwashes. And just quickly, it should be either an alcohol-based or a hydrogen peroxide-based mouthwash. And you can even use uh, uh, hydrogen peroxide itself to sterilize your toothbrush before you put it back in your mouth. And after you're finished, after you've washed out your toothbrush with warm water, then sterilize it again with hydrogen peroxide and just let it dry. Don't keep it wet. So that's, that's important. And, and oh, keep your I toothbrush kind dry? Of, yeah, yeah. I've been I've blo- even learned Okay, this. good. 
I've been blowing it. Yeah, I've even learned that. I'm sorry, you mean to talk over you. Uh, I've even learned this crazy fact that, you know, sounds a little gross. You need to keep the toothbrush away from the toilet at least four to six feet. Because when you flush the toilet, there is a spray, a backsplash, even from the flushing of the toilet. And anything that's contaminated... Uh, urine or fecal material can splash up and create an aerosol. It's just, it's just crazy. So yeah. keep your toothbrush further away. Obviously, don't share it. Think of, yeah. When, uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to have more health tips from Dr. Lawrence Rifkin. Stay with us. Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills. Because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. Welcome. You're back in the ring with Mia and celebrity cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin. Dr. Rifkin, how are you? Uh, I have to ask, aside from teeth and health and sanitizing, what do you do for total boredom? (laughs) Do you have a remedy remedy for that? Yeah, well, yeah, there's, you know, I am, I thought I would be bored and, and at times I was, there's no question about that, but because I can, I need to reinvent and enhance our, my, my business once it starts back up because we're all sitting, we're all sitting home with no income, watching the negative news. I've got to right. be positive and say, there's going to be a new world. So I am online. I'm doing, uh, uh, doing video uh, discussions. I'm looking at webinars. We're all learning from each other. This is yeah. a great time. We, we are to, to reinvent. reinvent yeah, to reinvent yourself. I'm finding that too because I don't know if you were listening to our earlier segment, but just by going out there and helping others and distributing the food, it's yes. like not only am I doing something that I think is really valuable with my time, but I'm learning so mm-hmm. much. I mean, I just mm-hmm. things that like I never knew before. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you 
is Mm -hmm. just being out yesterday and in the grocery stores and in a lot of restaurants because I I was doing the deliveries. Um, I saw a lot of makeshift masks. Now, is there Mm -hmm. a a type of mask that we're supposed to be wearing? Because I saw, I I mean, some pretty incredible, ingenious um, inventions out there yesterday. But I was just wondering, like, is it is it all the same or are some better than others? Well, of course, there, there's a whole different degree of, of safety in masks. The professional ones, the hospital ones, the people, the one that are going to protect those that are in the front lines receiving patients that already are contagious have to be the, as we know, the N95 mask. That protects right. the wearer from receiving viruses from the outside. It doesn't protect their eyes. There's a combination of eye shields and glasses. That's a whole other subject that I would love to talk with you about what we're doing in the dental offices. The ones that we're seeing makeshift or the lesser protective ones, the non-N95 ones, those are to protect each other from droplets of saliva from our speech or sneezing or coughing so it doesn't get out and away from your mouth area or your nose area from the recipient standpoint, the N95 is the only one that stops the particles, the virus particles, from entering your own nasal and oral cavity. So there are a big difference, but both are valuable. If you're not in the hospital, you're not around contagious people, then any cloth mask is better as long as it seals around the, the edges. Uh, wearing a bandana does not seal the bottom. It's still capable of letting droplets come out. So there is a big difference, but it is better than nothing, but everybody should make a mask that fits around and seals around their nose and their chin and their cheeks so that droplets don't get out and maintain, of course, social distance. That's, that's huge. Just because you're wearing a mask doesn't necessarily protect you 100%. So that's, that's right. really important. And when we get to the dental office, if, if you don't mind me segue into that, you know, we are having new protocols for patients being received and being treated when they now come into the medical or dental offices. And patients and people, please don't be uh, annoyed by it because it's only for your safety and ours to stop the spread of the serious disease. We have to make sure that everybody is safe. We want to make sure you're screened before you come in. We want to make sure your temperature is taken. We want you to hand wash, rinse, all the things that we need to do to keep you safe, we are doing on our part in the dental offices itself. We are now, I'm installing, I'm remodeling my office and putting in UV lights to kill aerosols in the air, as well as our continuing, which is historic, wiping down of all surfaces and sterilizing all instruments and all materials and disposable instruments so that your safety is assured. We have to protect ourselves with gowns. We have to have bonnets on. We have to have eye protection, face shields and make sure that our protocols keep you and ourselves safe. So these are a lot of things that when you ask me, what am I doing to avoid boredom? boredom this is a thing They're that I'm thinking about. Lot. We are setting up. I There's love a that. Lot. Dentistry is going to change. Yeah. It's, I love it's that. It's a big change. And- yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the changes. Um, we have Sheila back, our caller, Sheila. Did, does Sheila have a question for us today? Good morning, Mr. Go, John. Good morning. How are you, Sheila? <laughs> we got through. <laughs> um, I wanted to thank you for inviting Mr. Lipka on your show, and I wanted to thank you for continuing to outreach to all the step-up clients during this lockdown because it's really been, you know, important to us, and um, it was just great, you know, when when. You know, a lot of us didn't have a place to go or something. He is still outreaching, still staying open, still feeding oh, us. And right. I just wanted to personally thank him for his support to this. Oh, and well, I have a, definitely let And I have a know. question for the doc. My sister wanted to know. Hey, Sheila, I'm here for now, you. <laughs> thank you. Um, right. My sister wants to know, is Listerine anti-mouthwash um, mouth, rinse can kill the germs to help protect against the virus? Yes, uh, Listerine, is, I believe, is an alcohol-based uh, mouthwash, antimicrobial mouthwash, and used properly, uh, and again, follow my protocol on my Instagram, 
but yes, it is alcohol-based, and you have to do it uh, along with your brushing and flossing. You can't, can't just rinse it. It's not a magical bullet that kills everything. You have to get rid of the plaque that uh, holds the bacteria and viruses in there, and you have to gargle with it, Sheila. You have to gargle with it because you want to keep it out of the back of your throat. And as I describe on my Instagram, you know, you need to do this before you go to bed, especially because they have found that when we sleep, we aspirate a little bit of saliva into our lungs. So if our saliva is contaminated with the viruses, the last place you want it to be is in your lungs because that's where this particular virus takes hold and causes a serious illness. So yes, Listerine is good. Many of the other ones that are either have hydrogen peroxide in it or hydrogen peroxide itself. You can get a uh, 1.5% or 1% hydrogen peroxide solution, dilute it 50%, get it down to uh, 1.5 or 1 per, 1% hydrogen peroxide and gargle with that before and after you do your brushing and flossing. Follow, follow the protocol. It's a, there's too many steps for me to tell you right now, uh, but it's on my Instagram and I'm happy to... Uh, to uh, update it every time I find a better way to do it. But wash your hands before and after you do that. But yes, Listerine's great. Tell your, is it your sister? It's good, it's good to use. Yeah, yeah, she, 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 she's worried about me. I'm shut in. I'm over 60. And I thought her bringing five bottles of Listerine was overkill. <laughs> no, girl. But, but, but no. uh, really, before you go Listerine to bed, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I think about it like first thing in the morning. But before you go to bed, that I had really no idea either. I didn't know that either. Yeah, you've got. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a pulmonologist in medicine that that, that has done studies on when we aspirate saliva, and I've always been. Uh, a proponent of being a dental, being interested in your oral and systemic health of killing bacteria in your mouth because that's the greatest portal of entry of bacteria into our bodies yes. other than getting a, a cut on your skin outside. So, yeah, I yes, mean, do that's that. why... Proper oral hygiene will affect your systemic health. Go ahead. Well, thank you, Doc. <laughs> thank you, Sheila. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. And thank you, Dr. Riffin. Thank you so much for all of your information every week. I look forward to always talking to you because you always have such great tips. And for more information on Dr. Rifkin, you can go to his website, drlawrencerifkin.com. Or if you want to go to his IG handle, Instagram, go to at DrLawrenceRifkinDDS. And for me, you can go to at Mia St. John Boxer, and we will see you all next week on In the Ring with Mia. Thank you for tuning into In the Ring with Mia. Be sure to join host Mia St. John for the next show on Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, you are one of the most important people in the world. 